Welcome to the Sheer Business Inspiration Podcast. Here you'll find conversations with business leaders, thought leaders, inspiring individuals who make a real difference. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Jo Faraday and I'm going to be chatting with Dean Seddon for episode four of the podcast. Dean is the founder of Maverick, a business growth training and consultancy company for small to medium-sized enterprises. Dean has been delivering training to over 100,000 businesses across the globe and he has helped marketeers, salespeople and business owners grow their revenues. He's really um, passionate about supporting entrepreneurs, business leaders and organisations to get the maximum out of their marketing and to grow. And him and his team are on a mission to help over a million businesses. I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode. People want eyeballs. People want people to look at their business. So you need a razor sharp strategy that clearly identifies who you're trying to reach, what message you want to land, and how you want them to buy from you. And that is about creating a clear strategy. But some people win and some people lose, and the people who have a strategy win. It's a tough old world where you've got competitors watching everything you're doing. You've got clients watching everything you're doing. So it is about being there and owning that space. Walk out that door today and go, I am going to be my own media company. Hi, and welcome to episode three of the Sheer Business Inspiration Podcast. I'm delighted to have um, a great guest with us today, Dean Seddon. Um, Welcome, Dean. Um, Thank you for taking the time to, to have a chat with us today. Um, before we get to what you and your business are up to right now, can you tell us a little bit about your background and successes to date? Ooh, okay. Oh, so like, like a, a, um, a synopsis of about sub- you and your successes. You're today. using all these complicated words with me, Joe. <laughs> um, um, so a bit about me. So. I come from very working class roots and have had the difficult road to running a business and the difficult road to finding how how to make a business work. Um, And now I run a business that helps businesses avoid some of those problems and get to where they want to be quicker. But I've worked with some big organizations, television companies, and even little startups um, that just want to do something. And it sounds a bit crazy, but they want to kind of change the world. And that's what I kind of love doing and working with. Uh, and uh, successes to date. Um, this year, um, we've probably, during all the kind of craziness, we've probably helped clients generate about 10 million pounds, uh, $12 million-ish of oh. revenue. That's that is well that's amazing to hear and and we want to we want to delve into the nitty-gritty of that so um maverick in my yeah. in my humble opinion is a brilliant business name and i'll pay you later hey, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your journey about creating this name and the brand behind it 
the full journey, uh, uh, we've only got take so much a lot time. longer. <laughs> um, so here's the simple version. I've always been a bit of a, uh, a well-intentioned and, and friendly rebel. <laughs> okay. um, I'd love to be an absolute rebel, but I don't think, I don't like offending people. I don't like upsetting people, but, but I like to do things a different way. Um, and the whole business is kind of geared on how can we do things differently? And I'll, I'll tell you where it kind of comes from. And the, the name Maverick, the business name Maverick has been floating around for uh, seven years, but started as a consultancy business. It was my consultancy business with corporates and okay. with a television organization. And we kind of evolved it. This one man consultancy business became 23 people. Uh, um, uh, but that's how it evolved. But I've always thought that you have to be able to be remembered. Yeah. If you really want to grow a business, you have to be remembered. And, you know, I wanted to find a name that I could own in terms of the, you know, the, the name and the way it's structured, but also that it felt a bit about who we are and what we do. Yeah. Um, so that's where the name comes from. Um, and it's really about, um, well, let me tell you a little story about, about why this name matters. So for most businesses, um, uh, they have really big aspirations and really want to make a difference. But actually the sad difficult or the sad reality is that the birth and death rate between businesses is so close. I mean, literally um, uh, in the UK, it was something like 387,000 new businesses in the last year wow. and 312,000 of them went out of well, businesses died so so the, the the survival rate of businesses is 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 tough it's very difficult to yeah. make a successful business whether you're a hundred thousand or a million but only four percent of businesses ever get to that kind of one million revenue yeah um, and i'm sure some of those businesses some businesses are set up and they just want to be like a home business and some businesses start with really huge ambitions that never quite meet it. Yeah. Yeah. And what I looked at is how can we help those businesses that have ambitions to go further? Yeah. Beat the odds. Yeah. And the odds are only uh, of all the businesses, uh, four out of every hundred will actually meet the 1 million. Wow. Yeah, wow, four out of a hundred. Scary stats, isn't it? Well, it gets worse. If you want to get to ten million, it's it's four out of every thousand. Ah. Oh. So, not every business wants to do that, and that's no. fine. Yeah. But some businesses do, mm -hmm. and feel like they're hitting a brick wall. Yeah. And that's why we set up Maverick to kind of help people move forward. Yeah. So, if you don't want to to hit those big numbers. That's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll help you with resources and training and stuff that will help you get another number. Maybe, maybe you want to go from 50 grand to a hundred or a hundred to 500. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But then for the other businesses, we'll really put a lot of stuff and energy in to help them beat, beat, beat those odds. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, that's, well, that's brilliant. I mean, you've mentioned about um, how you've been supporting businesses during this time, during the pandemic, but, how has Maverick been managing, you know, it's, it's, you know, changed the way that many of us have worked, well, all of us have worked globally. So mm -hmm. it's interesting to understand how you've um, been operating and, and, you know, 
you've obviously been supporting a lot of people, which is great news, but how have you found it as a business yourself? So um, a mixed bag is the answer. So when this all happened, as you know, we, we're very much into physical events. I love physical events. Yeah. The, you know, the, the connection between a crowd and you is, is you, you know, you, you can't, can't get away it. from, no, you can't, not at all. Yeah. And I still think that they're the moments where we really learn because that's when the light bulb moments happen. Yeah. So, but that was a big chunk of what we did. So that all halted. Yeah. Uh, we canceled uh, events around the world. We canceled events or postponed events in the UK. Um, so it was a bit of a kind of a bit of a mess. So we, we did all of that, spoke to everybody who'd booked and said, right, we'll let you come when this is all over. Yeah. Uh, but we'll also give you free training in the meantime. So we really wanted to, two reasons, really. We didn't want to get into the refund situation yeah. because, you know, we've, we've got venues and all this kind of stuff going on. Um, so that was one of the reasons we didn't want to do it. And, and the second one was uh, we've got to get through it and we didn't know what was going to happen and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, that was a bit scary. And then we said, well, actually, clients now are more needing support than ever. What are the things that we can offer to them to help them and ease the load? We've got people who write um, sales copy. We've got people who, who build video promos. Can we repurpose our skills? Uh, and we do this for a small number of clients anyway, but can we repurpose our skills for clients? So that's what we did. Uh, and once we got that mobilized and running, actually normal service pretty much resumed. So uh, March... March, we kind of shut the office and everybody worked from home. We furloughed the event side of the business and all that team. Yeah. And then by June, it was like, we're kind of back to normal. That's, uh, I mean, it, but, but that just shows that you have adapted to the change. And, yeah. you know, that, that's a massive factor, isn't it? I think you have to adapt. If you don't adapt, then... You know, well, you're this going is what, to fall by the wayside, aren't you? This is what happens in business anyway. Well, yeah. it's, it, it's what happens in human nature. Yeah. We, we find something that's successful or we find something we enjoy. And then literally what we do is we just keep repeating it. Yeah. And the world moves on. Uh, and if we, you know, I, I'm a sucker for crisps, absolute sucker for crisps. But if I go home every night, and get a nice big bag of the you know, those really posh crisps, and I eat them every night. I'll need a winch and a pulley to get me out the out the house. <laughs> so what we tend to do is what yeah. we do what we think is successful, but that slowly stops working, and we get comfortable, and we just want that. And what this pandemic's taught me is that you always have to have your innovation plan ready, always. Yeah. Uh, if something changes, you've got to be ready to change. You've got to have the what ifs, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to have, you know, a, a plan B, C, D. You've got to have a what if plan, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Um, brings me on to a question about resilience because <laughs> <laughs> we've all had to, in one way or another, be resilient. I mean, it's a big word, isn't it? But um, a lot of people during this time are really struggling either with their mental health, whether it's redundancies, whether it's their businesses falling by the wayside, and they're really struggling to dig deep and find that resilience. So mm -hmm. what would you say to them right now? What, what, what would you say to give them a bit of hope? And um... so, so I've been in the crap. 
I've been in the crap before, so I know what this is like. Uh, and we don't like to admit when we're in the crap. Yeah, we really like to think, oh, no, no, I'm just push on or we can't. Or some of us think we're doomed. Yeah. So I've had the both scenarios where total denial of the problem. And I've also been in the, uh, uh, you know, the world's going to end. And the problem with those things is that actually they create the same issue. You don't actually deal with anything. Yeah. It's just a reaction of, I can't change the problem. So I'm just going to pr pretend it doesn't happen and keep pushing forward. And the world's going to be, it's all going to work out fine. And then the other one is I can't deal with it. I'm just going to lock myself away and hope it goes away. It's the same thing. We're trying to just hope it goes away. Yeah. But what you really have to do is go, this is where we are. This is the reality. And, uh, you know, you know, a little bit of our story. Um, a few years ago, we had uh, um, a member a business unpleasant business split which happens to lots of people and we had to repurpose our business this is pre all of this uh, the maverick you see today um, and it was pretty brutal it was pretty toxic uh, and we had to rebuild the business uh, with a headcount that was way too heavy for our revenue and you know my I'm not from a, man, uh, a millionaire family I don't have millions in the bank. We were literally on our, on our ass, as I would say. Yeah. yeah. We were literally uh, one step away from sink of uh, going under. Yeah. Scary times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a mess. Um, we just had to go, right. What are we going to do about this? And actually next month we need to find 25,000 quid or we go out of business. And then the next month we need to find 25,000 quid or we go out of business. Yeah. Uh, and I've been there and it's terrifying. I've had the unpleasant calls with people we supply as suppliers and all that kind of stuff. And it's not nice, but uh, we got time to really think about what's the value we can bring and recovered from it. But if you sink and ignore the problem, run away from the problem, you will never find the answer and you will just make it worse. Yeah, can't stick your head in the sand as no. as awful as whatever the situation is, you know. Um, we've, I think in life you you do have your ups and downs, and and some are harsher than others, but there are always ups and downs, and it's how you cope with that, mm -hmm. you know. And, and and that's what I mean about resilience is that you know certain things that that you've come out of, and you know you can get through that bit so if you've done that you well, can do other things it's just it's just about asking for help at the right times yeah. isn't it? and do you know what's really strange um i've had to talk to a lot of business owners and i've been through this my it's taken me maybe three business ideas to really find the right thing yeah it's taken okay. three experiments to find the right thing yeah. to find the 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 flow of maverick but when I started in business, when I was 17, I didn't have a clue. I was totally dangerous and nuts. And um, I had one big client. I've always been pretty good, despite not being a salesperson. Yeah. I've been pretty good at generating revenue. Um, so I've always had that kind of thing that I can always make things work. But um, I got into a situation where one of my clients owed me a quarter of a million pounds at 20 years old. Oh, my goodness. And they went bust. Ow. 
so I found myself in a really upside down situation and I did that whole ignore the post. I did the whole don't answer my phone, all of that stuff that you shouldn't do, mm. but you just feel like you don't know what to say. You have no idea. You're a rabbit caught in headlights. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people who are feeling like that now. Mm. And, um, there was a moment where I thought I just wanted all this to end. And I don't mean in the end of, in, you know, razor blades no. and everything. I just yeah. wanted it over. I wanted it gone. Yeah. And I actually looked at going bankrupt at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because the phone wasn't stopping. The letters were coming. I was 20 years old. I'm from a family where I'm the only person who's run a business. Yes. Yeah. I, I absolutely am with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's all of this. And you know what was really stupid? This is really stupid now, but if you go bankrupt, you know, and you've not done something reckless, you've not been like crazy, you've not been, you know, stealing money or whatever, you go bankrupt and it's over within a year. You're back. It's all back. Yeah. So I guess as a 20 year old, that seemed like a viable option, didn't it? To, to... Do, do you know why I couldn't do it? I couldn't admit to myself I would, I'd failed. It's a pride thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I tormented myself for six years after that, trying to deal with all of the problems. Now, some would say, well, actually, it was better for you to have not gone bankrupt because you sorted it all out. You paid all your bills back and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, mentally, it would have been better to just... Mm. To just um, Cut, cut your losses and go, I've made stupid mistakes, apologize to people and not tie yourself up and rip yourself to pieces. Yeah. But a lot of businesses and a lot of business owners are going to be feeling like that now, not knowing yeah. which way to turn. And if your emotions get involved, they will cloud your judgment on what's the best option. Yeah. You have to separate the emotion side from what, yeah. what you actually need to do. And yeah. that's, that's very important. And um, so you and the Maverick team, I know, are on a massive mission to support yeah. a million businesses grow. How on earth are you going to do that? So well, uh, already, but tell tell for the purpose of, of now, tell tell people how how you're doing this. So, uh, well, our count so far is a hundred and fifty-two thousand. Amazing! That's that's a great start off the off the, the starting blocks. That's a great. Yeah. Effort. So, so the way we're, what, 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 the reason we have this is if you don't have a purpose, you're just here to make money. And yeah. that's the wrong reason to get up in the morning and spend, you know, three quarters of your life doing something. Yeah. So I want to do something that helps other people, but I can have a good life doing it. Yeah. So that's the mission. And the, the reason, two reasons why the mission's there. The first one is, I know coming into the business world, there was so many things stacked against me. Yeah. Uh, and I know the statistics of how many things are stacked against me. Yet, I've had a history of building businesses, uh, not necessarily running them, but building businesses either for people or with people um, uh, that has grown quickly. And I'm not meaning VC backed, you know, oh, we've got a hundred million quid stuff. I mean, ordinary businesses and getting them from, you know, uh, startup 
um, I'm in a newspaper because I took a marketing agency from nothing to a million in two years. Um, I then did it again after that with Maverick in two years. Um, I've done it with a company going from half a million to 2 million. I've done it from a company going from 30 million to 35 million. So, so I, I seem to have this ability to see it clear, see it clearly see how to do that thing. And our team are kind of all involved in areas of helping that. So I thought, well, how can we bottle this and get it out to people? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we all know that the well-being of a society is that they have good jobs. Yeah. And if we can help businesses create more jobs, we have a better society. And that's, that's what I think about um, because my option when I was growing up was I go to university and I might get a good job um, and I'd be the first member of my family to go to university. (laughs) I didn't go. (laughs) I did. To be honest, I, I didn't, I I went straight into college and straight to work. So, So, and and you, you, you form a pattern, don't you? Of, you know, that, that uni's fine. It's on my bucket list, but it's, you know. So my niece is the first sorry, my nephew is the first member of our family from my, my grandparents down to go to university. Amazing. Um, but I, if I didn't go to university, my chances of a good job are gone. So I could go supermarket, warehouse and all that kind of stuff. And I thought there's gotta be, I've got to break this. And there's loads of people with good ideas that just don't have the background. You know, if you come from a rich family, you know how this works. You're a bit more in tune with the way the business world works. So you have an advantage. I didn't have that advantage. And there's other businesses, people with great ideas, finding that some odds are stacked against them. And if we can help a few of them, we will. That's great. I mean, it's a great thing that you're doing, but, but I know you all love what you're doing as well. And I think that's such an important thing. If you love the work that you do and it's for a purpose, like you say, not just to make the money, the money isn't the end goal. The end goal is, you know, to achieve and deliver what you set out to, then everything else falls into place, doesn't it? You know, if, 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 do you know what I'll be proud of more than anything else? Yeah, uh, you know, naturally, I want to provide for my family. I want yeah. to give them a better life than I had. Yeah. Uh, you know, and my parents did an amazing job with me. Uh, you know, they, they, they were fantastic. But I want to be able to have them to have a better future than me. Yeah. yeah. In some senses, I want to make sure that they don't have to worry about the things that I had to worry about, uh, you know, that they really have a good thing. So I want that. But actually, I, I want... I want to, when I die, I've made a difference to some people. Yeah. That's what I, that's, you know, that's for me, the achievement. I'd rather earn minimum wage and do this. Yes. Than earn a million pounds. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Will it, this is being recorded, as you know. Well, I'm just being, you know, I'm, I, You're being honest I, about I'm how being you feel straight about. and going, yeah. I would do this day in, day out for yeah. minimum wage yeah. um, over earning, say, 40, 50 grand in, a, in another job. Yeah. Because I love it. You love it. That's the thing. If you love what you do, then you don't yeah. work, do you? You just no. you do what you love and that's it. And my um, wife frequently tells me, why do I do so many hours in a day? Oh, uh, you see? It's because it's you love what you do. Yeah. 
Well, we'll get to those questions in a little while. <laughs> to delve a little bit more. Um, so in terms of you as a person, mm -hmm. um, you're obviously very giving and that's a, that's a brilliant thing. Um, and I know that you are an investor with Lens With Care. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that, you know, what, what that, that means and what, why you chose to do that? So uh, Lend, I, again, it's playing to where I think, um, where my focus is and where I feel that I can help and something that I'm interested in is there's lots of people in developing countries and what we do is and I'm not against aid and charitable giving I've worked with charities but what we do is we provide aid in terms of you know um, uh, food parcels and all this kind of stuff and that's great that we do all of that for other countries yeah but really the only way a developing country stops being a developing country or a third world country stops being a third world country if it, if it grows its own wealth. Yes. So Lend With Care is a charity that, that what they work with reputable people in the countries. And what they do is they help people with microfinance. So somebody who uh, can make something in india or bangladesh or pakistan or wherever around the world um they're they're currently uh struggling to survive but they have a skill to make things yeah so with a little bit of help they might need some money to buy a sewing machine or they might need some money to fix a roof or if they're uh, they might need some money to fix their car so that they can be a taxi driver or something like that yeah so what we do is we give money to lend with care as a loan yeah. And they lend it out to other people at very, very, very low interest. Uh, but then what happens is they can get their, low, their car going. And then when we get that money back, we give it on to somebody else who can do their business. So the same money is being reused. I was going to say, it's like a recyclable over. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how the banks make money. And I'm not doing it to make money. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just doing it as a way to... Um, no, I don't make money at all, I don't think. Yeah, uh, we just put it all back in. It's, so it's every enabling, penny we get, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't make any money out of it. It's really about um, recycling the money to get people on their feet and earning an income for themselves. Yeah, and so that's, it, that's a brilliant thing to do. So, yeah. you know, that, that's So, so like £500, you can recycle that money through there and help like five, six, seven people start businesses. And then they can look after themselves. Exactly. They can, they can be self-sufficient. And it's about that pride thing, isn't yeah. it, that we talked about. And um, so you are a Forbes contributor. How did this all come about? And I'm <laughs> delighted, delighted that you are. And that, that's a brilliant thing. But yeah, t tell us about that. Do, do you know what? I don't think they realise what they got themselves into, really. <laughs> um, no, I mean... You want, when you're starting to, you know, I have a bee in my bonnet about some things. And I think uh, some of the ways we think about growing businesses and marketing is, is a bit off. And I thought, well, you know, how can I add to that? How can I, you know, there's a bit of a, so I've submitted stuff to a lot of the magazines and the, you know, the business magazines, and I've been in some of them. And then um, I had a chat with somebody from Forbes and they said we could, I could become a contributor. Uh, had to pay them some money to do all the stuff that I have to do. 
but it wasn't very much. Uh, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. If I get a chance to contribute every single month and every single week in terms of the panels, expert panels, it's worth it to just give a different voice. And the thing that bugs me, the thing that really, really bugs me is, and Forbes, if you're listening, this isn't about you, um, but it's about the other people. It's a cap- uh, That's the little caveat, yeah. 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 Um, everybody's talking to tech businesses. It really bugs me about these unicorns and the 500 million funding they've got and all of this. A 94% of all the private sector jobs are with small businesses. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's ranting about Starbucks not paying tax while small businesses are really feeling the pain of trying to pay tax. Yeah. Um, it's totally skewed because if you start a business, the vast majority of business are not going to start tech unicorns. They're not going to start the next Facebook. They're not going to start all of that. They're actually going to create something that adds a bit of value in the community. They're actually going to provide a service to another business or to a group of consumers. They're not going to start a social media platform that's going to turn over billions and billions and billions. Yet most of the media, most of the newspapers all talk about them. Yeah. It's true. There's, there's so many brilliant businesses out there that are not tech, you know, yeah. like you say, and they do deserve, a, you know, a, a, a bit of a lift up, a bit yeah. of a helping but, hand, don't they? So, then, yeah, I'm when, with you when, when you look at the articles, uh, and they're good articles, don't get me wrong, if you're a small business that, you know, provides, let's say you're a small accountancy firm, yeah. you subscribe to these magazines they will put very little in your way that you can actually use. Mm. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, why don't I put that angle in Yeah. Uh, where you can't just invest a million dollars in a marketing campaign? You know, uh, you have to go, well, what can we do for nothing? Yeah. What can we do for like a hundred quid? What can we do for a thousand quid? Yeah. Uh, and that's the reality that most businesses face. You know, uh, they can't risk big chunks of money on marketing and hope it works. That's just not how it works in yeah, reality. Got to be strategic about yeah. it and look at the, the best way. So you and your team host some brilliant sessions on YouTube and you also host some fantastic um, webinars on Eventbrite. Great courses. I've attended some, you know, they're, they're fantastic. They're, you get the results. So you don't overpromise and deliver. You promise and over deliver really in, in what you guys do for anyone that's looking to start out because there's a lot of new businesses that are for, forming at this time um where would you direct them to first like which elements so, so they're thinking of starting right now yeah okay so so what i would have they got an idea already or are they just like literally i want to start a business and don't i'm not sure I'd go with that. I'm not sure because I think there's a lot of people that are that are mulling over what on earth to do, and forming a business may be one of those elements yeah. because that's something they can control and that's something that they can physically do for themselves. Oh. So I would say they're not quite sure, but they're looking at what what options they can look at. Okay, so the first thing I would get them to think about is: is this going to be just their business? Or is this, do they have a, a bigger plan for it? Yeah. Because the things that they do at the beginning could kneecap their ability to go bigger. Yeah. So, uh, 
do you plan that this is just going to, you're going to run from home and you want the lifestyle of having a bit more time and a bit more flexibility? Yeah. Or do you want to build something with employees and an office and all that kind of stuff? So that's the first thing I would think about because that will change the way you do things. Yeah. If you're going to build something that's just for yourself, I would look at uh, becoming something very, very specific, like um, a marketing agency for a marketing consultant for a particular industry sector, vertical, whatever. Yeah. But if you're looking to build something bigger than just you, I would not niche in any way, shape or form. I would provide niche services, but not niche and not a niche business. Yeah. Because if anything has taught us something now is you do not lock yourself into one sector <laughs> because it will bite you in the ass. Yes, it's true. Uh, yeah. And if you want to build a bigger business, you yeah. can't just focus in on one sector or vertical. You've got to serve multiple sectors, multiple verticals. So, yeah. so that's the other thing I would think about. It's actually easier to grow a business that is niche uh, in terms of, you know, who to talk to, you know, yeah. exactly. And your whole messaging, your website, everything can be tailored around them. Uh, but it actually hits you hard and gets you uh, lot, a lot of problems in the long run. Mm. If you're trying to build, uh, you know, a multi-person business or uh, anything of any size. So that's the advice I would give. And then the other one is I would look at what are the biggest pains that you can solve for customers? Yeah. Really, you need to think about who your ideal client is and, and what yeah. problems you solve, yeah. don't you? So, so it's the problems rather than the, the niche that's the, the most powerful thing because you can yeah. create, create a service that can solve similar problems across similar sectors. Yeah. And then, then the niching is actually just the tailoring of the marketing for it rather than you know, the fundamentals of the service apply to accountants, lawyers, everybody. Yeah. So... We know you host a lot of training um, on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Um, so for these new business, fledgling businesses, which platform would you point them towards first? What would you suggest? Ooh, it depends who their target client is. So Facebook's good for, small, to, to, for consumers and small business owners. LinkedIn's good for small business owners and bigger businesses. Yeah. So uh, it really depends where you see you fit. Yeah. Uh, and if you're saying that everything, you've got something for everybody, you're not niching your product. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're being generic, double generic. You're being a generic business with a generic offer. Yeah. What you need to be is a, a, a wide or generic business with uh, specific offers or specific okay. niche offers. Yeah. So I would think what, what's the pain points? Uh, what's the size of businesses that we're or people or what's the you know the audience that we need and then choose the platforms twitter's a waste of space yeah it's it's a tricky one isn't it i mean yeah. as, as a business we dabble in all but you know ultimately that there's the certain platforms we'll spend more time on because yeah. you get you get those returns but from a personal point of view What's your favorite platform as, a, as an individual, not as a business? What, what's your favorite? Are you allowed Actually, to say? I, I can <laughs> I get say, you in trouble? <laughs> I can say because um, actually LinkedIn's become my favorite personal choice as well. Yeah. Um, 
I think just for two reasons, really. Uh, the, f the first one is obviously I use it for work and I use it for business. So I use it more often. So it's got a bigger involvement in my world. So that's the first reason. But the second reason is um, Facebook works very differently. It would, if, if, if I was going to choose in terms of human interaction, it would probably be LinkedIn, Facebook yeah. from a business point of view, it'd probably be LinkedIn, YouTube. Okay. Um, but Facebook is somewhere I can interact with people as well. And yeah. YouTube, I don't feel, it's a bit like Instagram. Instagram and YouTube don't feel as personal sometimes to me. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. Uh, whereas Facebook and LinkedIn feel it's more me and it's more two-way. Yeah. More, you know, more, more personality, more yeah. of a community and more of an yeah. interaction. Yeah I, yeah, I get that too. Yeah. So, so it would probably be LinkedIn, number one. And then depending on my objective, if it's business, it would be YouTube. If it was personal, it'd be Facebook. Okay. What do you do for downtime? What do you get up to? Because I know that you are... <laughs> You love what you do. Like you say, you work lots of hours. So how do you relax and, and get that, that much needed downtime? I watch a shit ton of movies. Sci-fi. So we have a joke in my house. If it's got a robot, a submarine, time travel, <laughs> or spaceships in it, I'll watch it. Amazing. Okay. That's good. There, there. there we go. Well, that, that's something that pe a lot of people probably didn't know about you. So that's all good. Uh, well, they may know because if, if you see above my head, I have models of oh, yeah. the USS Enterprise above my head, but I most people that. don't see it. No, <laughs> I love that. Um, well, knowing you for the last three years, so I'm very glad to know you and, and your team. Um, I know there's always something bubbling along. I know that there, there is a whole range of ideas and creations and things like that. And um, how do you pick the best ones? Because I know there's probably lots and lots and lots. Do you like park them? How, how do you manage that? So, um, uh, well, I'm going to answer that in two questions. You don't really know what a good idea is until you've executed it. So anybody who says that you can find out whether something's going to work and guarantee it beforehand, it's, you know, you can't. Um, so you just, you just have to make things work. And sometimes you end up banging your head against a brick wall, but sometimes, um, you uh, make a massive impact. So, so we will try everything and we will try everything and see how the response is. So we're not looking for success when we try something. Yeah. We're looking for uh, the response against other things. Okay. So because like we run a free webinar every single week. Yeah. I mean, every single week. And we'll have 50 on it, way up to the biggest one. We had three and a half thousand on it. That's a great give, number. That was, by, I still love that number. <laughs> by, but by giving free value like that, we yeah. actually test our ideas in real life. Yeah. So we know, for an example, two things. The three and a half thousand webinar, yeah. something happened with that one that made it more su successful than the 50 webinar. Yes. But then we look at, well, what happened in that webinar? What happened in that webinar? What was the level of, of feedback as a percentage from that one to that one. And, I, and then we can go, do you know what? We now understand more about what the market wants. Yes. 
so we test everything and sometimes we we get it totally wrong and sometimes uh it works yeah. um but uh, there's two there's two big things that we're working on at the moment or we've we've well, that, that was that was my last that was my last question oh, right. so you, you, you answer it then no you answer it that's fine you 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 you, you crack on <laughs> so there's there's two big things that we've developed that yeah. we are uh, launching right now the first one is for uh, large businesses and we've we've actually piloted this uh, with a couple of companies and achieved results so i'll tell you uh, over the last three months during lockdown we piloted this yeah and during lockdown as i've said we we generated uh, off this pilot we generated five million pounds of revenue oh, so half of the money uh, we did in lockdown not our money it was client money so no, they, but, no they, they, but, but they, yeah but still the it still results though isn't and, it and by this i don't mean some kind of bullshit number i mean they told us how much they've invoiced off the back of it Amazing. so it's not like pie in the sky but it's not like inquiry fluffy inquiries no no, no, no this is invoices invoiced. wow so this program uh we've done we've rolled it out it's successful the people who are, have been on it want to run it again uh for a year because it was so successful well, they've, got, in three they've got a massive return so i'm not yep. surprised to be honest um so so we've we've done it with a couple of companies at once and they're all they're all on board with it to 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 roll again yeah um so we're going to be rolling that out and actually um the um it's called the enterprise social selling program Brilliant. so it's for larger businesses that have got a sales team and they want to stop the not the salespeople wasting time, but they want to cut the amount of time the salespeople are uh, doing and getting more business through the door. It's redefining how they're doing it because, yeah. especially right now, what they did before may not yeah. be translate. So yeah. It's so so we're that. we're rolling that out as a program uh, for bigger businesses. Brilliant. Uh, and then we're launching uh, the the Seven Figure Academy. Brilliant. Uh, and we played a lot, of, a lot around with the names of this because uh, we wanted to make sure it was clear what it was about, but we yeah. didn't want people buying into something that they weren't ready for. Yeah. So we deliberately called it the Seven Figure Academy so that if you're, if you're a small business working from home, we've got loads of other things for you, you to help you grow your business. Yeah. But this isn't that. This is for the businesses that have got past that first couple of years and are now like, let's stretch this thing out. Let's push this yeah. thing forward. And perhaps they've been flatlining. And that launches in September. And it's literally, how are you? Let's not think about next month. Let's not think about how you're going to get your budget next month. Mm. Because that, you, should have, you should have solved that already by now. Yeah. We're now going to look at how do you get your revenue for the next year? Yeah. And how are you going to grow it so that the inbound work, the inbound inquiries, the needs and demand for what you've got, yeah. comes in over the next year brilliant uh, and we're not talking about going up by two or three percent here no, we're it's, talking it's about big. yeah yeah so they're the two programs we're running Amazing. um and what we decided to do which is really weird uh, and then i'll shut up because it sounds like a sales pitch <laughs> is the the seven figure academy is going to have a one-off price but you're in it forever oh wow well that's brilliant so um, don't, not not only if you've got that support but you've got access to yeah. the resources and things yeah 
So you get everything that we've got. You've got obviously a specific program designed for you with weekly coaching and all that kind of stuff as part yeah. of it. But actually what happens is every time we update the training, you get it. Every time we do another event, you, 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 you're in, yeah. you're, you're part of the club. So um, it's really about making sure that they achieve that number. Yeah. Not, not next month, but this is about, okay, I'm doing 200 grand now. I'm doing 300,000. How do I, how do I take this, what I've got now yeah. and move it twice and three times over and push beyond into that seven figure? Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it sounds like a great plan and you know, I'm sure there'll be lots of people interested. So that draws us to a close. I could talk to you for ages. There's, you know, there's so much to talk about um, and so much involvement and, and support that you give to people. So um, if people want to um, get in touch with Dean, I know he, as he said, you know, he's on LinkedIn. You can follow him on there, but um, we will be sharing Dean's contact details on the team at Mavericks details as well um, on the podcast and also on the vlog. So thank you, Dean. Really appreciate your time today. I'm just glad you wanted a strange person on. It's great. To just... <laughs> You're not a strange person. <laughs> it's been great chatting to you. Thanks ever yeah. so much. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Thank you so much, Dean, for taking the time to chat with me today. I know so many people will have really taken a lot of positivity and action plans from our discussion point. So thanks again for taking the time. I will share all of your links so that if anyone does want to link in with you, Dean Seddon or the Maverick team, they'll have the access to do so. I would really urge and encourage everyone to do that. So. Now we're moving on to episode five and episode five, I will be chatting with Mark Wilson, who is the senior director of BMC Mainframe Services by RSM Partners and also the interim manager and conference manager for GSE UK. For those who don't know Mark and what he's been up to, he's got a really great positive story to share and also to discuss his years in business his advice for those who are starting out and those are trying to push past this recession. So obviously tune in, there's a lot to talk through and Mark's full of positivity and positive encouragement. So um, we hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We'd love to hear more about what you'd like to hear. Um, any advice or support that you can give if you'd like to feature in any of the podcasts or vlogs we'd love to hear from you so for now we're tuning out and um, don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel as well hope you're enjoying it thank you